So much of the month of January is set up to look at your calendar and plan ahead and kind of figure out what we're going to do. And many parishes, their staff begin that process of planning ahead. Well, Marion Marston, our good friend uh, and host of Blazing the Trail, she spent some time over the Christmas holiday to refresh, recruit, and... Now she's ready to take on a new year. Miriam is joining us today to tell us a little bit about what she's been doing, what they've got coming up there at uh, St. Anthony's in Tiger. Good morning, Miriam. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, good morning, Brenda. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, morning. Eric. It's, It's great to be on with all of you. So we have missed you. You had taken a little extended vacation and then unfortunately didn't uh, come back feeling all that great. So we are so happy to, to be able to talk with you today. I'm going to let our listeners and tell us about uh, some of the exciting things you've been doing over the last month. Yeah, I had the great blessing of being able to to spend Christmas and New Year's in France. So it was our first uh, family Christmas over there because my my parents live over there, my brother's in Europe, and my sister and her family are on sabbatical in Europe. So we were all kind of gathering in France for uh, the beautiful uh, celebrations of Christmas. It was really special. And, you know, um, a, a beautiful reminder, too, just to see signs of hope in other parts of of the church, you know, in other parts of the world. You know, the Christmas Eve Mass we went to, this wasn't even at the main cathedral or anything, but it was packed 1,600 people. Whoa, I mean, wow. we got the last few seats in the church, and, you know, it's always great to see the gray hairs in the church. I'm not, we need all ages, but it was also amazing to see so many young families and to really uh, hear the the crying, the laughter, all of it. Um, just a, a real sign of hope uh, in our church. So, yeah, it was really encouraging to see the the church just uh, just full of life and to to hear songs that I knew so well, you know, Silent Night, Joy to the World, all of that. But to hear them in French, it kind of points to the uh, again the universality of our beautiful Catholic Church. So um, yeah, and something else I appreciated too. I got to be honest. Um, you know, here I have found generally in the States, they take down the Christmas decorations pretty quickly, like, you know, around the city and, and, and the like, and in neighborhoods. But actually over there, um, the, the decorations, everything kind of stays up well after Christmas. Um, and I got to say, I kind of, I kind of liked that. I, I liked that a lot, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Miriam, there in France, did you notice like a a Christmas tradition that seemed to be kind of all over the place that you really enjoyed, something that we would not typically see here in the States? Well, one lovely tradition uh, really in in many parts in Europe are the Christmas markets. Mm. So pretty much every day we'd go down and visit a Christmas market. (laughs) And so um, that was a, a lovely tradition, again, that we see in a lot of places. So there were multiple markets even set up. Uh, in this one city of Nantes, where my mother is from. Um, so we just partake of uh, just, uh, there's lots of vendors around, there's just crowds, there's hot cocoa, um, and um, just things to see. And it's usually right next to a church, and so we took advantage of just a moment where it was pouring rain one day, and we left the market and spent some time walking around the church, and it was really lovely. So, yeah, now that you mentioned rain, is the temperatures fairly moderate that time of year, or can they experience mm-hmm. snow there in France? Yeah, it's actually the where we spent uh, Christmas. It's actually a very similar climate to Oregon. 
So kind of uh, cold and rainy. <laughs> Miriam yeah. Marston is host of Blazing the Trail, joining us this morning, just giving us a little recap of her adventures and what she has looking forward to in this new year. Now, before we talk about what's going on there at St. Anthony's, you were there through the New Year's. Do they, uh, like everyone around the world, do they celebrate New Year's with a you know, gathering of friends, staying up till midnight? Oh, definitely. Yeah. That tradition, I think, is ubiquitous. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely that. And then um, and the nice thing is after New Year's, there's more the celebration of Epiphany. And so we'll mm-hmm. see kind of the, the tradition of the, the King's Cake, uh, the Three King's Cake. And um, so, again, even after New Year's, there's the tradition of Epiphany and the special treats and decorations that come with that. Now, do they put the baby in the King Cake? Yeah, so there's okay. just a little... Yeah, it, it was actually just a round... Um, uh, it, it wasn't a baby. It was like just a, a round object in our cake. Um, so that was that was kind of fun. And so we, my little niece Felicity, uh, found it in her piece. And so um, she was the queen that evening. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like now she's got to buy next year's cake, though, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be four years old, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> she better be saving her pennies. Wow, what a great tradition! And uh, it's yeah. wonderful to be able to that you were able to celebrate those traditions in the Christmas season there with your family. Everyone needs a bit of vacation to get away and to just refresh your soul. And then we're ready to dive back into our ministry and work. So as you are now back at St. Anthony's, ready to take on a new year, what kind of cel- what things are coming up? The sacrament season is coming up. What are you all getting ready for in the next few months? Yeah, Brenda, well, as you know, Lent is around the corner. <laughs> and so, and with, uh, you know, I was stuck, like many other people, I was stuck at home for 10 days. I got sick and then the ice storm. And so uh, Lent feels like it's it kind of accelerated <laughs> the, the closeness of, of the start of the Lenten season. Um, but yeah, this is where it gets particularly exciting, right? So we're entering that home stretch of sacramental preparation. I'm working with, again, a We've got a large group, God willing. Uh, we've got 57 people who will be baptized at Easter. Wow. And then, um, so we're working on that. We've got another 110 for, for, first, communi- for first communion and then a whole Fantastic. other group for, for confirmation. And so, yeah, we kind of ramp up the, the, uh, the spiritual and prayerful preparation, but I'm not going to lie. Part of ministry is also the administrative part of that. So there's, you know, some paperwork to, to, to come together. Um, but we don't want to lose sight again of that, that prayerful and spiritual preparation. So, uh, there will be those milestones, especially in the Lenten season, particularly for those getting baptized where they go through the scrutinies on those three Sundays and really asking for the grace and the protection of the Holy Spirit as they get closer and closer to uh, the beautiful celebration of the Easter Vigil. Well, if anyone doubts that the church is not alive, boy, just (laughs) listening to what is going on there at St. Anthony's, you are not only alive, you are thriving and growing. 57. Uh, Yeah. How do you, I guess, how do you evangelize in in a way that 57 people who have never been baptized before, these aren't like Mm -hmm. people who were in another faith coming to the Catholic Church, but these are people never baptized. I don't know what it what is it that you are doing there you feel like that is drawing people in that numbers. Yeah, and it's a great question and obviously that's a it's a it's it could be a whole other conversation, you know, but I would say in a in a nutshell um 
you know, there's, it's happening in different ways. I think, first of all, we're still seeing the impact of the last few years with, with COVID and um, just the time that people spent through that. And just, you know, people went through a lot. And I think we're still sort of feeling that because um, it still comes up in conversation that people just were, were asking questions, might have experienced loss or suffering uh, during those years. And I think that prompted people along in their spiritual journeys, um, just folks who are, are just talking to each other, you know, word of mouth, um, because I cannot personally go out to every door and home in Tigard and knock on every door. And so we really rely on those who are part of this community to go and talk to their family and friends. And so that's happening. We have a, a whole group here of missionary catechists who specifically reach out to those um, uh, who are particularly Spanish-speaking in our community and really go into their homes and into their apartments to bring the joy and the truth of the gospel to them. So that's a big part of the group Are is finally this group coming into the church after several years of that evangelizing work. So really, there's a, a lot of variables and, and dynamics at play that we never want to underestimate the, the power of just conversation between family and friends. That's, that's really where it's happening. Wow, no doubt. And what you're just talking about there, Miriam, just reminds us, and we're all shaking our heads in here, we all have a role to play, not yeah. just the staff at our parishes. We all have a role to play. So it's wonderful to hear how that is working out there for all of you there at St. Anthony's and Tiger. And Miriam, always a great morning when we get to talk. As we get closer and moving into the Lenten season, we'd love to have you back on the show and get us ready for the Lenten journey. I look forward to it. Thank you so much, all. God bless you. God bless you, too.